Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy, and we are coming at you from the Hubbard Broadcasting Studios in the Twin Cities. Thank you for listening. This week is episode 56. Our guest today is Marley McMillan. Welcome, Marley. Hey, Missy. Thanks for having me. Marley is the co-host of You Get a Rose, a Bachelorette podcast. She covers everything involving The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. And the podcast just hit over 300,000 downloads which is insane. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we also have with us back again, as always, is our producer, Pat. And I have a mic this time. How exciting. Woo! Finally. Today's episode is sponsored by Hey Orca. Hey Orca makes social media planning for agencies easy. Our team has used Hey Orca over the past year, and it has made our communication and content distribution process much more seamless as an agency. It's such an easy platform for us and our clients to use. The layout makes it a perfect tool for working both on a day-to-day and month-to-month basis. It allows you to lay out content in an easy-to-understand dashboard. Not only is that content calendar straightforward when plugged into Hey Orca, but when it's approved, that content is scheduled to automatically go out on all of your platforms. The approval process with clients is great because there's never a question about if the content is good to go. And it has not only sped up our communication time with clients, but it allows us to communicate with the clients directly in Hey Orca, allowing us to focus more on client communication in the tool versus tons more emails going back and forth. It's a tool we use daily, and we, as well as our clients, can't imagine going back to spreadsheets. See how you can seamlessly plan for multiple clients and get content approvals in the ultimate sandbox for marketing at heyorca.com. So let's get into this week's episode number 56, how to make your podcast successful. On episode 27, we did a podcast on podcasting, and that involved everything from more the equipment side of things. So everything you needed to actually start your own podcast and walking you through um, how that gets set up. But on this one, what I'm excited to have you on, Marley, is talk about actually how to promote it once you get it going. And so you started You got a, You Get a Rose in July of 2016, Mm -hmm. and you're already at over 300,000 downloads, which is amazing. So the first question I want to start off with is, how did you come up with the idea for the podcast? So I guess this was kind of right around the time when uh, some of us here at Hubbard Broadcasting were wanting to start podcasting. And uh, really the way that I started doing this show was being uh, excited to start a podcast about something. And as we kind of know, it's been growing with a fervor, the passion uh, that exists for the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise. Uh, And one of my best friends uh, is, is kind of was, I feel like one of those very early adapters where she was so dedicated and having parties for the finales um, back then and I really kind of just wanted to hang out with her and do a project with her Uh, and so those kind of things came together and that's how we started You Get a Rose. And so you co-host it with your best friend. On the I air. do. I do. And uh, she, yeah, at times we'll have some fill-in co-hosts as well. Uh, but primarily I host it with my best friend, Mary. Awesome. And do you have kind of a schedule that you laid out? Like every time, obviously, The Bachelor's on, you watch it and then you talk about it. What does that look like on a day-to-day? Sure. Well, so it has varied over the years. But when we started, I was still on the radio and doing a weekday radio show. So at the time, it was kind of just, let's get our feet wet. Let's learn how to podcast. Let's do this on a weekly basis. We would watch the show. We'd never watch the show together because then we'd have nothing to talk about. Um, so we would watch the show separately, just set up a time the next day, podcast, upload it that way. 
week. But that was really kind of the process for the first several seasons that we did. And then when my situation changed a little bit, I was able to dedicate a lot more time to this podcast over this past year. And that's where you see a lot of um, a lot of growth. And I know, so the whole reason this kind of came about is we were at doing, we were in Phoenix at another one of our Hubbard markets and they presented about Marley, all the things you did to promote the You Get a Rose podcast. So kind of, we'll start at the top. Like what was the first thing you did to really start pushing out there? I mean, social media, I'm assuming was a good part chunk of that. And kind of go from there. Sure. So the way that I kind of thought about this was uh, I really I really just wanted to do some preparation in the way that I hadn't been able to before. Again, before I was kind of doing the podcast, but that's really kind of as much as I was able to accomplish on that front at the time. So I was really excited to dig my heels in and see what, see what we could really do with this. So uh, starting in the beginning of the year, um, again, there's been uh, two seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette this year in 2018. So starting with Ari's season in January, and then uh, we just finished Becca's season. Um, but Ari's season, again, um, you know, didn't didn't have a lot of like lead in plan there either, but definitely made more of an effort on social media, definitely more regular, um, regular, almost day to day social media presence for that uh, season. So just right there, I would say that made a difference um and and that season grew i think around then you know before that we were averaging about one to two thousand uh downloads an episode and that maybe got us up to more like three four five um but then again following ari's conclusion you know the conclusion of that season was really when i kind of thought of hey what is this kind of preseason plan and what is the in-season sort of execution you know pr marketing plan for this podcast what is everything that is going to happen outside of actually just the watching of the show and recording and uploading the podcast and um so in those buckets are a lot of different things the first thing that i did sort of preseason wise um to get ready for this podcast was i did rebrand um so again we'd had those initial graphics created in for this podcast in in July of 2016 or you know sometime before that um and at the time you know there were some bachelor podcasts there's a million bachelor podcasts now <laughs> um there are a lot like it was not an original idea <laughs> um so you know and they all have rings they all have red roses in them they all look like the bachelor branding and and so it's kind of funny because at this point you look at the all of those podcasts and the ones that really stick out are the ones that, you know, they might harken back to that branding in a way, but they look very different and they pop on their own. And so that was part of what I wanted to do was set it apart a little bit. Um, so we did that, went through a full kind of rebrand. I set up social media accounts for for this podcast um, and was very intentional about continually posting in that lead up to the actual premiere of um, The Bachelorette. And particularly, I would say in the two weeks leading up to it, posting on a daily basis, if not more. Um, and then I also reached out to media outlets, um, just local and national, um, just, hey, you know, there's a million write-ups on podcasts and Bachelor podcasts. These are the top 10 Bachelor podcasts you should be listening to tried to write those people and just say, FYI, um, this is a great Bachelor podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know that those really went anywhere, but I did shoot off a bunch of those emails. I did actually do a interview, an interview with um, Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. They did a write-up on the podcast for mspmag.com. So that was cool. But, you know, trying to get the word out, trying to pre-promote um, some other things that happened. I did a preview of the upcoming season on Twin Cities Live on Channel 5 Eyewitness News here, which is the ABC 
ABC affiliate. Um, My Talk 1071 Radio really got behind it. We started a Bachelorette Fantasy League. We planned a premiere party. So this is all that was kind of happening in the in the weeks leading up to the actual premiere. But that included again you know, radio promos um, that were going out promoting the fantasy league, promoting that premiere party. Um, so it it really was the beginning of this fully executed PR and marketing plan that I wanted to, again, you know, execute once, uh, once we really got rolling. And um, all those things fed into what was actually done during the season, which was um, a whole list of uh, kind of um, I guess pillars of this PR plan, which you know would include podcast and radio cross promotion, uh, TV in- included blogging, it included social media, which was posting on a daily basis and doing a Facebook Live video every Monday. Um, and uh, let's see what else. It included live events in the way that it uh, we set up a premiere party and we set up a finale party for this as well. So um, yeah, it was there were so many things that were happening in addition to the podcast and. and and, you know, all of it feeds one another and and um, cross promotes and all comes back to listen to the podcast, listen to You Get a Rose, find it on podcastone.com, find it on your MyTalk app, uh, find it wherever you find your podcast. And that's how those numbers really, really grew this season. Amazing. So the um, so Becca, the bachelorette this past season yep. was from Minnesota yes. and your podcast is based out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Do you think any of your PR, any of that in season or even preseason stuff for the bachelorette this season would have been different had it not been local? Do you think that played into some of it? So uh, my approach wouldn't have been different. I think um, a lot of things were a lot easier because she was a Minnesotan bachelorette. Sure. So uh, the support that I had from our local stations, our, our TV station and our radio station, you know, they were very invested because it was a Minnesota bachelorette. Um, and and so that that was really helpful. Uh, they were really willing to get behind the podcast. And, and then you are connected in a way that you might not otherwise be as well uh, to people that know her that might know her to contestants on the show. We interviewed a Minneapolis contestant that uh, was on the show, eliminated first night, unfortunately. But um, And then, you know, I was able to, uh, from doing all of those TV appearances, I did TV appearances throughout the season uh, to promote the podcast as well, um, was able to coordinate an interview with Becca after, after the season actually concluded. So, um, yeah, certainly better access and, you know, better support. Um, I'm just like when I was reading all your podcasts like titles like because they're just so freaking clever and like my favorite one was Becca's big fat fantasy sweet mistake and so just like how do you come up with your podcast titles and do you think that helps a little bit with traction of them too just like I gotta listen to this one I definitely think that titling helps and and I've I've worked so much with titling of podcasts and I think that um, you definitely want to use terms that people are searching for and uh in addition to letting your listener know exactly what you're going to talk about and letting them know what the most important and, you know, kind of most mind blowing kind of headline that you have in your podcast, what is that going to be? You know, taking like what is so unique about your own take um, and and incorporating that into the title. So that's, I think, been a learning process because I don't think our earlier titles are really probably (laughs) as clever uh, or as compelling. But um, but yeah, hopefully we're getting there. So. Um, and you mentioned about the rebrand, and I love it. We'll have a link um, in our show notes on our website to the podcast because it's it's beautiful. But the other thing, too, is like you mentioned all these other podcasts out there that are talking about The Bachelorette. Um, what do you, how do you, um, 
what things have you done to like make yourself stand out from them besides just the design and the rebrand and Mm -hmm. things like that? So I, I really kind of think the thing that makes ours different is, is the chemistry that I have with my co-host. And that's, um, I, it's just, it's kind of a thing that, uh, it either exists or it doesn't. And, and fortunately, again, I've had some fill in co-hosts, um, that, you know, have been fantastic as well, but, I think it's kind of the the Midwestern takes from people who two people that uh, absolutely love each other, get each other, laugh a lot, have the same sense of humor, are absolutely best friends, can say anything to each other. Um, so you know, just the the strength of that friendship and that chemistry. Um, also, I would say the fact that we're both from Minnesota. I mean, I just think you're getting different takes from two Minnesotans as opposed to maybe two people in LA that are dissecting this or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of what sets us apart. Uh, you know, again, I, I think a lot about this past season and obviously what was different was that she was a Minnesotan bachelorette and we could really relate and maybe inform on a lot of levels about you know Becca because we kind of knew where she came from so um, that was obviously kind of a local uh, difference more recently what has been your favorite episode so far that you've recorded oh man that's such (laughs) a good question well Gotcha. I'm, I'm t- I, I, there are so many episodes, there are so many moments that I think of. And, and when you finish an episode and you laughed a lot and I just think to myself, oh my gosh, I can't wait for people to hear that. <laughs> Not because I think I'm so good, but it's just, it, or we're so good or anything like that. It's just that it's so fun. Um, so yeah, those, you know, those moments are just really special. But, um, you know, off the top of my head, I guess I'll say one that I didn't even do with my co-host. And I'll just say the one that I did more recently with uh, Phil Mackey, who's intimately involved in uh, Hubbard Broadcasting's podcasting. Um, and, you know, he is very passionate about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> I, would, I would say, I had no idea. I would say more so than I am. <laughs> the whole episode was my saying that this is when everyone realizes that you're a bigger fan than me. <laughs> And he breaks and he's a sports guy. So he breaks the show down in sports metaphors, which is just hilarious. And and something about him being a guy is just very, very funny. Well, it's a whole new perspective. It is. It absolutely is. And he but he's not embarrassed about it either. So it's not it's not, you know, an approach where he's going, Well, I know this is dumb or anything. No, he is one hundred percent in and giving hot takes all the time. And it was I mean, I almost just sat back and laughed. entire time so that was really really fun that was kind of um you know one of our later episodes in this past season we actually did it um remotely the reason he and i ended up doing it was we were at a conference in philadelphia so um so yeah it was it was different and it was really really fun where do you do most of your recording is it kind of like wherever you are spur of the moment like let's record or do you kind of plan it out so that's funny we actually have pretty much exclusively done it at the company um in our studios you know we obviously just have amazing resources um um, but it's always fun to do it anywhere and I, I, I we definitely can so that might be something that we we do more often there have been a few times where one of us is out of town or that kind of thing I've done it from a closet in Florida before <laughs> um, which did not sound very good um, was still mastering the audio production of uh, of remote podcasting but um uh yeah have have definitely brought on the road and then more recently when i interviewed becca uh interviewed her at the minnesota state fair from a channel 5 
TV bathroom, which was really wild. Keeping it classy. Yeah. 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 She was in between (laughs) hair and makeup for TV appearances. And so it was, I mean, it was, it was just so funny and I was so grateful to be there, but it was kind of like, all right, you've got five minutes to set this up and rock, you know, and let it rock. And you're in the bathroom. I'm like, okay, there's a box of toilet paper. There's the sink. And then there's a pile of cords on the floor. And I'm like, that's the podcast (laughs) that we've invested so much in. That's it. Um, So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It is so cool how you can really do it anywhere. Yeah, that's one of the great things about podcasts is you can do it anywhere. It doesn't take that much to get into it. And it's Mm -hmm. it's just it's just all about having fun. Yeah. And so then do you produce and edit everything as well as you're the co-host? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. So I will say I kind of prep the show for the most part, um, set it up, uh, record it, uh, edit it and uh, upload it. Yeah, so kind of the whole the whole rigmarole in terms of the actual recording process. How much time would you say, <laughs> and this is a little bit of a loaded question, from the prepping to the recording to the editing to when it's finally produced and put up on Podcast One? What's that time frame look like? Uh, so I guess it varies a little bit, but I would say... Uh, I will prep maybe maybe for a half an hour to an hour before before an episode, and th- and that depends. Um, and then record for maybe an hour, and then depending depending just kind of on the episode, I might do some editing on it, or I might do very little. Um, but some episodes, like the finale episode for Ari's season, I edited because we we talked for so long, and it was also such a sort of mind-blowing moment for Ari. It, it actually was the most dramatic finale ever, which Chris Harrison always promises and never <laughs> delivers on. It actually was. Um, so anyway, I just, I felt really passionate about making that the best that I could. So I did, I did a significant amount of editing on that one. I mean, not, not in a way that anyone would ever know. I, you know, mm-hmm. you would, you don't notice because it's very casual and it's a podcast and it, it is, um, there's a level of just authenticity, I think, with goes with off the cuff. But um, there was a little bit more editing of sound bites and that type of thing um, that uh, happened after the fact. Yeah. So I would say, I don't know, it might end up being just from fully um, prep, recording, editing, posting, that might be like a five to 10 hour process. Is there anything coming up with You Get a Rose podcast that you can tell us about? In in so far as what is coming up for the podcast, I'm really excited to take what we learned from this past season and apply it to next season and also think about what we can do differently and do better. Uh, we did have a sponsor on this past season of the podcast, which was really exciting. Um, and I'd love who is to. Your, who's your sponsor? Shameless plug. Uh, the sponsor was Waxing the City. Oh, uh, or at nice. least you know an advertiser yeah. um, sponsor. You know, so um, so that was awesome, and would love to do more of that. So kind of gearing up uh, for the same type of marketing effort, as well as um, adding some more sponsors in there. There's definitely room for that. Is so, there? Sorry. Is there anything that you did that you wouldn't do again? So. There's nothing that I wouldn't do again. I want to do all of it, but it would only be because of my own personal bandwidth that I might be able to not do four radio appearances on a Tuesday. I might just for the sake of my own mental energy, maybe I would just do 
one or two. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I want to do all of it. And it, it there's a, just a point where y- you guys probably know you work in social media and everything, you know, all this kinds of marketing. I mean, there's, you could do an infinite amount of yeah. things and you have to cap yourself at some level because it's just not possible. So that's, that's kind of, I think I reached my bandwidth uh, this past season. So um, kind of figuring out what works in that way. But Again, I don't want to give any of it up, so I'm kind of hoping to maybe bring a couple people on that might be able to just help me with some of those efforts. As far as the sponsorships that you mentioned about, are you doing that yourself then too? Are you looking for sponsors or do you have other people helping you with that? Is that maybe one of the positions you're going to have come on? So I would say maybe in terms of sales support, maybe I would get a little bit of support there. But um, having been in radio for a long time, I had a few people that I'd already worked with. So I just really kind of uh, walked down to our sales department and said, hey, I think these might be some good leads that might already be interested in that. Um, I would say just from the sense of um, understanding podcasting, understanding uh, podcast analytics and that type of thing, I'm always um, working with our sales teams to I think educate and I think uh, present those types of ways of selling, but I'm not doing the actual kind of approaching, um, but again, intimately involved in the process, I guess. Is there any other podcasts that you're thinking about starting? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or well, have started maybe already? Uh. <laughs> there are, there are, well, I, I, so many podcasts and I'm working, you know, on a lot of podcast development uh, at Hubbard in general, but in terms of my own podcasting um, and hosting and that type of thing, uh, the only other one that's been kind of on my radar is, is a women's hockey podcast because I'm a uh, women's, ho- I'm a hockey player, women's hockey player and kind of uh, involved in the development of the sport here. So uh, there is, there is one out there. So I really thought I had a golden nugget of an idea it's not it's not anything mind-blowing but I kind of thought there was maybe not really anything else out there on it there is um but I might also you know become involved in that as well in some way so we'll see yeah I was gonna say I thought I saw something on Facebook about you speaking at like a women's hockey conference or something yeah yeah recently uh uh it was a a panel on uh women in sports in St. Paul so that was cool Mm -hmm. would you ever do or consider doing a live recording of the You Get a Rose podcast? Yep. Or have you done a live? Yeah. Yeah. So when I uh, kind of say um, live events, like we were finally able to do that this past season, which was really fun. Again, you know, possibly a piece of this being uh, a local bachelorette that we had, but uh, part of the whole, you know, PR plan and uh, execution was having those live events and so we did have a premiere party we sold tickets for it on the radio i had kind of like a vip experience for radio listeners where we all went out to a restaurant um and watched the show together which was really really fun and prior to that i had podcasted live uh for about a half an hour um for the listeners and the viewers there and then we did the same thing for the finale uh and sold tickets and podcasted for an hour before that as well so uh the idea of live events is really exciting again it's just it's one of those um kind of offshoots of having a podcast and and the way to grow it that's really effective so another thing is you obviously have a radio background. You've been on the radio for a while now um, before taking over podcasting. What are what's some advice you'd give someone who's maybe starting a podcast that doesn't have all these amazing connections and experience that you have sure. that you would give to them? To uh, sure. Um, I guess just right off the top of my head, of course, social media, you have to have it, start it, uh, be using it daily, posting daily about whatever it is that you're doing. Um, the next thing I would say just in terms of content that I don't think most podcasters do is just get right to the point, talk about what you're going to talk about. 
immediately. Uh, there's just so many podcasts and everyone talks about it where people kind of just meander for, you know, two, three, four, five minutes, 10 minutes. It's, um, and that doesn't happen on the radio. And there's a reason why, because we all figured out that that doesn't work. And that's why radio w- works and um, is people people tune into it. And, you know, it's also very successful from an advertising standpoint. So to get podcasting sort of to that level, um, we're going to be ne- needing to make content uh, at that level as well. Uh, and then otherwise, gosh, in terms of sponsorships, that's always like a tough question that I think, you know, everyone out there and a lot of podcasters out there are kind of going, ah, you know, I'm doing this. I've been doing this for five years. I'm not making any money. But I think I think doing some research on on just what you can sell your podcast for and even just throwing spaghetti against the wall and in terms of pricing and just, you know, hey, will you sponsor my podcast for 200 bucks, you know, to like a local coffee shop, just start local, write up your own sales proposals um, and and just start selling it, I guess. And there's so many there's so many ways to get people to uh, to, you know, or there's so many ways to advertise on a podcast um and and i guess for most people it'll be kind of like a baked in type of a thing um meaning you'll introduce the podcast and say this podcast is brought to you by this place and i really really love them and um with podcasting you know the what's understood is that the audience is is intimate and engaged and even if it is only 200 people listening if a hundred of those people go and buy uh, buy a mattress at the mattress company. That's a huge ROI. So um, it's it's an engaged audience, and and they're they're dedicated to you know whatever a host is saying if they really like your podcast. Um, so is there anything else that we didn't cover in the podcast today that you want to make sure that everyone hears about? Sure. Well, I would just say I, I kind of mentioned maybe what's coming up, but what is really genuinely coming up in terms of the podcast is the return of The Bachelor. We all know it's going to be Colton Underwood, so you can look forward to opinions on that. <laughs> uh, the Bachelor will return the first week of January. It'll be that Monday, so we'll be uh, ready to go. Um, so make sure to uh, mark your calendars for that and listen to the podcast. And again, you can find it wherever you find your podcast, but specifically of course on Apple Podcasts um, and uh, My Talk 1071 Radio is what puts it on so you can find it on their website and app as well. And we'll put all the links that we talked about today um, to Marley's podcast and on Podcast One and also the Social Feed Podcast in the show notes for episode 56 at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP56. Um, Marley, you're giving my shameless plug. Yep. Make sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and everything. Perfect. Yes, um, please. Thank you, Marley. And thank you, Pat, for being on today. Thanks for having me. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive, with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell. Today's episode is sponsored by Hey Orca. Hey everyone, my name is Joe. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hey Orca. Uh, We built Hey Orca as a social media calendar for agencies to manage their content and client approvals all from one place. With Hey Orca, agencies are able to visualize exactly what content's gonna look like. Clients can then approve and collaborate in real time. And then your content will go live on the selected social media networks at the respective time. There's a lot of other competing tools out there. So how do you differentiate yourself? We started Heyorka because we we saw that the tools out there in the marketplace weren't serving um, the agency's needs. And we wanted to solve a content marketing problem, a social media problem, but from the angle of how do we allow clients to collaborate with the agency in the most simple way. 
manner. And so that's why the shareable link and the visualization is a big part of our feature set. Shareable link allows the clients to come in without needing to log in. And then the visualization of the content allows clients to see things within context, know exactly how the content is going to look before it goes live on Facebook, Instagram, and so forth. See how you can seamlessly plan for multiple clients and get content approvals in the ultimate sandbox for marketing at heyorca.com.